You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 206. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 206. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hey, oh, we're on. Oh, we're here. Oh, and we're back. And we're back. I didn't quite think about what I was going to say. <laughs> so I, just... I Usually you say, are you ready? Here we go. And you didn't. Hey, you babe, you want to talk to the, the pod people? Let's yeah. Just, let's just can it as we can get. Oh, my gosh. I was hey, pod like, people. Hey. <laughs> hey. Wow. That was a little creepy. Just going to creep on you. Yeah, hey. just going to creep on you a little bit. <laughs> That's so gross. Welcome, everybody. Happy June. We have a awesome topic for you today, like we always do, if I do say so myself. Right. And a bunch of humility as well. Tons. We're so Just humble. humility all over the place in here. Today is going to be a listener submission that is about the evolution of our personal inner critic. So how does it change over time? And what do you do with the things that you were saying to yourself to kind of counteract that inner critic are no longer working? If it is all of a sudden triggered by new things, how do you kind of navigate this voice as it evolves, as you grow, as yeah. you develop? Because it does. We'll be digging into that. And I think, I think it'll be a cool topic too because we have a lot of people who listen to the pod who – have done a decent amount of work. They're either reading lots of self-help books, they're really immersed in it, it's probably something you guys can really relate to, that it's kind of like a yeah, but, like what happens when my inner critic starts saying different stuff? Yeah, but, you know. So you're at the pro level now. Exactly. Okay. We'll get into that all very, very shortly. But I did want to let you guys know that today and tomorrow, if you're listening to this the day that it airs, which is June 5th, the 5th and the 6th are the last calls for the early bird pricing for tanning tacos and transformation. Triple T, bitches. Triple T. And we're totally filling up. It's so exciting. We have incredible people coming. We've got a bunch of people coming who have gone on other retreats with us. These events are Seriously, like nothing I can describe. We just got back from a retreat that we did in May. Yeah, the very, that one was pretty cool. Very beginning of May. And you're just like bawling your eyes out and connecting with total strangers and you're connected and sharing and the richest connections happen, nice. the richest friendships. We have a ton of people who have gone to the Triple T conference in the past who are still like best friends. In fact, we have a couple Facebook groups open for our past retreats and they constantly talk to each other and are still supporting each other. It's, awesome. it's really incredible. That's great. If you haven't heard about it, you can go over to triple T conference.com. That's it, triplet conference. It's not triplet. It's triple <laughs> T 
We had a good laugh about that. We didn't fully think that through. It's not a conference for triplets. So you could put either put in triple T conference or you could put triplet conference. You'll get the same thing. You will go to the same place and it will not actually be a conference for triplets, <laughs> but rather for tanning, tacos, and transformation. <laughs> but yes, you can... <laughs> They're spelled, coincidentally, they are spelled, spelled the same. The same. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's so funny. Yeah, we didn't we didn't fully think that one through. That's so funny. But you can see all of the things that are included and in what we're going to be talking about. So in essence, we're talking one full day on inner critic stuff. A lot of what we're talking about here today, but a deeper level. A whole conversation about fear and how fear is kind of the emotion that's in tandem with your inner critic. All sorts of good stuff. Then we're moving into confidence, all things confidence. And then the final day is on communication. And there's three of us who are hosting it, myself, Andrea Owen, and Kara Sabin. And we've been doing this. This is our third year. That's right. We've sold out every year. It is so incredibly fun. This year is a conference model, so it is far, far less expensive than it's been in the past. And we still opted to do payment plans to make it as doable as possible. So we're not going until October. We're hoping that what that will do is it'll allow you to spread out your payments if you choose. It's pretty palatable because it's only $4.97 to go for the entire conference already. That's pretty crazy. You can split it up into three payments if you want. And then you can kind of think about flight or travel plans later. It's so much easier when... You have this much time in advance. That's true. Get the time off work, get the kids taken care of, and come meet us at the a gorgeous, gorgeous beach in Huntington Beach, California at this beautiful hotel. It's called the Shore Break Hotel where we're hosting it and is newly renovated. All of that bells and whistles, but transformation, you guys. Like this kind of stuff only more involved, more impactful, more transformation in your life when you go back home. And there'll be triplets there. And there will be no triplets, from what I understand. <laughs> Even though you can go to tripletconference.com. Oh, my goodness. All right. How about you take the mic for a minute? Oh, okay. Is I, it that time again? I know you've been working quite diligently on yeah, your I segment. Got a pretty good one today. Okay. It's a tough one. So let's get the intro. Going. Would you rather? Okay. Would you rather? Eat only roadkill for life. Whoa. Or have everyone else in the world sound like a talking parrot. Oh, wow. For the rest of your life. Oh. Oh. So either eat roadkill or everyone sounds like a parrot. Or Gilbert Gottfried. Oh, God. So they're like. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone in your life. Everyone. Anyone you talk to. And. But then every other, every single meal I eat has to be roadkill. Yep. Do you have to scoop it off the the ground and eat it, or no? Can you you like, gotta like eat you... it straight off the ground like a zombie in the apocalypse. Okay, so no, you can't, no, you can't <laughs> no, deep fry it. Or yeah, anything? you can cook it, of course. Just like anything, you're not gonna eat raw chicken, right? Not gonna eat raw roadkill. Okay. You can cook it. Okay, like that's not. But then you know you might be eating like a cat. You need a cat, you need a possum. That there possum. <laughs> let me let me mow down on that there possum. I'd be more worried about Kyle if I were you. <laughs> oh man. I 
I think I would actually choose the parrot. Everybody talks like a parrot because I love food so much. And I look forward to ice cream and things and and whiskey and <laughs> like could I still drink whiskey? Yeah, drink is one thing. Okay, okay. About so food. I I yeah you I can pour whiskey on your roadkill if you want it. Wow. Blend it together. Whiskey battered roadkill. <laughs> <laughs> we could start a new trend in North Carolina when we move. Oh, yeah, I think I would tip pick the parrot because I'm not super auditory anyway i think i could get to the point where i got used to it and i kind of tuned it out and didn't really think about it yeah i think i'm in a grants you think think so too same thing yeah all right so we would love to hear what you would rather you can hit me up on instagram just find the meme for this particular podcast episode and throw it in the comments and let us know what you would prefer you can find me on, on instagram under the handle at the joy junkie All right, so let's get into this idea of new level, new devil. And I went to look up who actually said that to begin with so I could give proper credit to whoever's quote that is. And I found all these different ideas about who said it when. Really? I don't know who coined the phrase, but I really think it's quite applicable that as we continue to grow and develop, as we hit these new levels, we have a new devil that comes in. Mm-hmm. This can happen for a ton of different reasons. I remember my best friend talking about when she wrote her first book, how all of a sudden her inner critic came out with a vengeance about a totally new subject matter writing this book obviously and getting that into the world so you could and she's in personal development that this can happen with any new level in your world even if it is trumping your old inner critic language it'll find new slippery ways Mm -hmm. to enter in so it doesn't have to be parenthood like you're entering into parenthood or you just got a new job or you wrote a book or you're getting physically fit. Sometimes it can be really spawned by a life event like that. And sometimes it's just the evolution of how we are growing and developing as humans. Hmm. Let me read to you guys what our listener asked. So she writes into the show and said, I've taken a few of your classes and I'm working on managing my inner critic. I'm developing positive self-talk, but here's the thing. I feel like now that I have my tools and I'm actually using them, my inner critic is getting louder. It's like I'm at phase three, but my inner critic is like, oh yeah, take that. (laughs) So what do you do when you feel like your inner critic is getting stronger? Love your pod and hey to Mr. Smith. Hey. Hey. How you doing? Well, first of all, we have to give you, you know what? A A warm warm fuzzy. fuzzy. Yay. I love it. Huge warm fuzzy. Thank you so much for submitting show topics. For those of you who don't know, on any show notes page, you can find an option to submit a show topic. All you do is click on it. It'll take you to a little form and you can let us know what you're interested in us discussing on the pod, as long as it's applicable, right? Like I'm not trying to... Shout out, y'all. Yeah. Anyway, so thank you, thank you, thank you. We always look at those first. So let's talk about this. As we grow and develop, 
it tends to start to have a slightly different cadence. It'll sometimes change volumes. Mm -hmm. It'll change tactics. And the thing you have to know is that's just a part of us. It's a piece of our makeup as humans, our spiritual and mental makeup. If it's getting stronger, honey, you're getting stronger. So applaud yourself for that. For sure. And we're going to employ many of the similar tactics, but we're just going to switch them up a bit. Let's talk a little bit about how it tends to change. And we can talk a little bit about you and I and our personal experiences with inner critics. I have noticed that a huge way that it tends to alter as you grow and develop is it switches from being extremely mean and acrimonious into being straight up disempowering. What I mean by that is it becomes a little bit slipperier to identify. Whereas in the past, you might have said things to yourself that are blatantly mean and really rude, and you can really hear it like that. You can kind of catch it because it says you're so stupid, you're incompetent, you're not lovable, you're not good enough. You're not skinny enough, you're not good looking enough. Exactly. Look how fat your thighs are, look how gross your wrinkles are. And then as you keep growing, it gets a little more subtle. And it'll say things that are just simply disempowering, more along the lines of, are you sure you really want to do that? That mm-hmm. doesn't seem like the best idea. Is that smart, though? I don't know if that's the best choice. It's not necessarily very probable with the state of the economy. Like, it yeah. just, it, it comes at you more from a logical rationale that actually doesn't have to be as true as how fat you are, how sure. incompetent you are. Sure. It's just a little bit slipperier. Hmm. What have you noticed about your the way your well, inner critic has When changed? I first started doing this work, I I just had the gremlin, right? And right. I had this picture of the gremlin, this little guy, right? Like a little devil. Yeah, like a little monster, mm-hmm. right? I, I noticed that he actually was just one of them. Hmm. There was several different ones. And so then I went through this phase of naming them and they all had different names. Right. And I've forgotten their names because now I don't even name them. I'm just like, oh, that's you. Oh, that's you. Oh, that's you. Like, I don't even think about what their names anymore because that became disempowering to me to name them. Got it. Because it gave them power to have them have a name. But that's just me personally. Interesting. Okay. So now I'm just, I just listen more for tone and volume. Those are the two that really I look at now because I know what a powerful voice sounds like. That's my baseline, Mm -hmm. right? I know what powerful voice is in my head. I know what it's like, yes. Mm -hmm. And then there's the ones that are, "Mm, maybe you shouldn't do that. Or, you know, if you went to the gym today, you'd hurt yourself. Or, you know, they're pretty tricky. Uh So I I have to listen. Though There's there's one that's very quiet and Mm -hmm. whispers. Or she whispers, I don't know. Then there's one that's a little bit more in your fa- in my face. Combative. Right. So I look for those. I look for the tones because I've gotten to a level now where it's really refined. It's, it's nuanced. It's nuanced, yeah. That's really, really fascinating. I I found for myself, and I love I love hearing that from you because we've never even discussed no. that. That's yeah, really right. interesting. The way it has changed for me 
is it's become far more emotional and visceral. Mm. Whereas I used to hear a lot of very crystal clear language, you are not good enough sort yeah. of things. Now it will manifest far more in my body. So I might be looking at something online or on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, and I see somebody who maybe I deem more successful in in a career that I, you know, similar sure. career, where I don't necessarily hear a verbiage that says you're not as good as that person. I get a sinking gut feeling. Oh, wow. Okay. Where if I actually sit into that and lean into that and go, wait, what just happened in your body? And if I look underneath it, what's underneath it is I went to a place of not good enough. Interesting. But it comes to me through a physical sensation. That can absolutely be a way that it evolves and changes for people. Yeah, absolutely. So we're just kind of giving ideas for those of you out there who go, oh, no wonder I wasn't onto it right away. Mm -hmm. It develops nuanced ways to attach to you. Another way that it tends to evolve and change is the things that you used to say in retort to silence it no longer work. Oh, okay. It's as though your inner critic is like, yeah, yeah, we've heard that and Mm. you're still going to worry and you're still not good enough and we're still going to give you this sinking gut feeling. Yeah, wow. It's like it doesn't give a shit about your rebuttal. Hmm. And the deal with that is the rebuttal, whatever you are saying to yourself instead of that disempowering language, needs to be equal or greater than, right? It needs to be more impactful. Like you said, if it's a strong voice, you need to respond with equal strength from a positive place. If you have sort of a weathered mantra that no longer gives you the sensation of power or the sensation of like, fuck yeah, I can do this or I can, I am enough. If your mantra is starting to become weathered and tethered, now it's time for new language. Interesting. So it is absolutely fine if the things that you used to say to yourself are no longer working. That's Hmm. okay. That is like spring cleaning. It's like, oh, that doesn't fit anymore. No problem. Let's donate it. And let's supplement with something newer, more lively, more powerful to trump this new language that's coming from my inner critic. I love it. It's a great angle. That's the first piece is really noticing for yourself what has changed. Again, we've always talked about awareness being the win. You need to identify where are those pieces that I'm holding myself back now, not who I was even two years ago when I started my personal development path or whatever, what am I currently saying? I think that there's a lot of times where we've done a task or a exercise like an inventory around your inner critic two years ago. Like we've, we've done that exercise. So we think we're done. I know what my inner critic says. No, no, no. You need to revisit inner critic inventory often so that you're catching those things and going, oh shit, no wonder I'm not moving ahead in my business. Here's that, what that slippery little devil has been saying to me. Oh, it's fascinating. That's going to be your first item of business is taking a little bit of an inventory for you on how your inner critic is now showing up 
and triggered by what yeah. now? Yeah. Is it an ex? Is it your job? Is it your weight? Is it a handful of things? But identify that and look at how it's showing up for you now. Hmm. The second thing to note about all of this, this was something that was told to me by a coaching instructor that I had, and I love it. And it's something that really encourages me to this day. And she had said, if your inner critic is chatty, that means that you are on to something. Yeah, right. And it's really, it's not that, you know, groundbreaking or earth shattering or whatever, but we only grow when we're uncomfortable, right? We don't, I mean, even if you look at it from a physicality standpoint, you can't get a ripped body without extreme muscle soreness. Right, You have to break it down. There has to be pain in order for that to build up stronger. You have to get uncomfortable in order to make progress. Of course, your inner critic is going to go batshit crazy when you become risky, when you decide to put yourself out there, when you get back into the dating scene, when you are really vulnerable with a partner or with your children or family. Of course, your inner critic is like, wait, this is unsafe. This is new. On a primitive level, your inner critic is just fear. It's a manifestation of fear. And it thinks that if you change patterns, if you change behavior, you are now somehow unsafe. That is why it is chatty with you. It is honestly just trying to keep you safe. That's it. And it equates safety with stagnation and being comfortable. You know, it's interesting. I think something that I have been noticing lately, and it's just coming up now, I didn't even realize I was doing it, hmm. is instead of looking for my inner credit and kind of going at that angle, I'm trying to stay ahead of it. Mm-hmm. I'm changing my patterns and doing something different before. So I keep my inner critics on their toes. Yes. Right. That's interesting. So yeah, I really think that if you come at it from a proactive way instead of reacting to whenever your inner critic changes, I think that's a much better angle to go at. That is a great point. And it's actually number four on my list. Oh, look at this. As always, Mr. Smith swooping in. Right in there. With the massive intuition. I love it. (laughs) All right. So let's, let's get into that then. So that second piece is, before we move on, if your inner critic is chatty, it means I'm onto something. It's one way that you can give yourself massive encouragement, even if you're just saying, no wonder you're beating yourself up, you're onto something, honey. No wonder yeah. you're paralyzed with fear, you're onto something. Right. And looking at it through a different perspective instead of attaching to what your inner critic is saying as truth. Nice. The third piece is to develop new rebuttals. Again, like I mentioned earlier, sometimes what you used to say to trump that language or trump that that disempowering statement or whatever you've been saying, it doesn't work anymore. It loses its potency. You need to continue to create new things to say to yourself that carry an emotional strength. A lot of times when I work with clients and students, I'm like, I don't give a shit if I like it. I don't give a shit if it's, it's quote, in the negative or in the positive, because people are like, what, can I say this to myself? I'm like, I don't give a shit what you say to yourself as long as it feels amazing. Yes. It's about how it feels for you. It doesn't matter if I get it. It doesn't matter. And conversely, 
if what you have been saying isn't potent anymore, isn't powerful anymore, let it go. It's okay. Give it to goodwill. It's fine. Give it to goodwill. I love it. Create something that gives you that sense of empowerment. It should be one of those things where you go, ooh, I like that. That's the response you want to go with. Also, you really need to acknowledge and reroute. This is very much the same case no matter where you are dealing with your inner critic. You have to acknowledge that it's actually an inner critic voice and not your authentic self, not your true self. And you have to commit to rerouting. Now, the way that this gets a little bit sticky is we tend to not catch it quite as quickly. Like you were talking about earlier, you might have that whisper coming in at you, being real slippery, for a couple weeks before you realize what it is. And you're like, fuck me. That's an inner critic, right? (laughs) The same was true for me with feeling it viscerally. I kind of went, holy shit, that emotion was a new iteration of my inner critic. Oh, yeah. You may need to give yourself a little bit of time to get through that acknowledge piece, like, oh, that's what it is, so that you can reroute. And rerouting is giving yourself that new positive reinforcement, new positive mantra. I find it to be really powerful to almost approach it kind of like a parent and say, no, I refuse to focus on that. So it doesn't really matter what the inner critic has said whether it's like you're never going to make it, you're not good enough, whatever, or that's not a good idea, that doesn't make sense with the economy, that's not rational. It doesn't matter what it says. Yeah. I'm saying, nope, not going down that path. I'm choosing not to entertain that. I have one now that is my my sugar kid. Oh. I just named him just now. Okay. Um, for this episode. Just for just <laughs> right now. I just about, Maybe I shouldn't name it, give it power, but... <laughs> Um, it's like a little kid like oh you need a piece of candy mm. like oh get a candy bar or oh eat that cookie or you know it it kind of it's like a it reminds me of a little kid in the grocery store at the checkout stand yep and i keep having to say no if you ask one more time i'm gonna smack you across the face no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, you can't have any candy for a week if you ask me again right So uh, I kind of have that little guy in there, but it works. Yeah. If I tell him, like, if you ask me again, you're not getting candy for another week. (laughs) He he shuts up. He's like, oh. Yeah. He's like, oh, shoot. Until he starts changing and whispering. Right. But that's that's a a new iteration of that same little sugar bomb guy. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And that is why, again, the acknowledgement piece, the awareness piece is huge. You have to know how it changes for you. That's why you've got to go back and take a little inventory and notice what is happening for you. Because it's not even until we have this discussion on the podcast that you even had that sort of enlightenment around sugar stuff. Well, I knew about that. I just didn't name him. Right, right, right. I had found it. But um, that's what I'm saying about staying in front of him. I try to stay in front of it. By going, ah, there he is. Yep. Right? I I pinpoint it a lot quicker these days. Yes. Yeah. Well, number four is exactly what you're talking about around getting ahead of it. And it is just to inundate yourself with commendations, compliments, and celebrations. Oh, interesting. When I look in the mirror, I cannot tell you how many times I just go, I love that girl. I say that to myself multiple times a day. 
That's awesome. I tell myself how proud I am of myself all the time. And that is a piece of being ahead of it. It's not waiting for the negativity to to then come back with a rebuttal. It's getting ahead of it by just being fucking empowering all the time. I love what you had said about that. Like getting ahead of it is just straight up loving who you are yeah. and saying that to yourself in repetition over and over and over again, mm. not waiting for the negative thought process, not waiting for that inner critic, just starting in with what you do want, how you do want to feel about yourself. Interesting. Okay. I think that's a really great point And I'm really glad you brought that up because we talk a lot about what to do with the inner critic once it shows up and how to respond to it, which is a lot of what we're talking about today. But I do think there's something really massive about not even including the inner critic in the conversation to begin with and just talking about how what you appreciate about yourself or what yes. you're proud of yourself for or yeah. the things that that you have accomplished today that you really want to celebrate. Absolutely. Look for the opportunities. So that's number four. Look for the opportunities to commend, compliment, and celebrate yourself every single day. What we're doing is we're conditioning a way of being. And I will remind you too, our very first day of the conference that we're doing in October, the Tanning Tacos and Transformation, is all about inner critic and how it grows and changes. We're talking about basic level stuff. We're talking about in-depth stuff. We're talking about the fear response, how fear is annexed to that entire conversation and lots of activities and things that you're going to be doing to start cultivating a better, healthier relationship with yourself. That's right. Again, if you are interested, please jump in on it today or tomorrow so you can save 150 bucks and get in on that that payment plan if you need it. Again, you can find everything over at triple T, <laughs> triple T conference I didn't say it. I didn't say it. I know. I know. Number five is to lean into curiosity. And this is this is actually a coaching skill that they taught us as one of kind of the cornerstones of the model that I was trained under. And it was it's the exact opposite of a factual truth. And our internal oh, alternative facts? Alternative facts for the win. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you got me all I'm so sorry. All worked up. <laughs> it's kind of the antithesis to a fact. So in our minds, when we decide that we are for sure damaged, not worthy, whatever, it is presented as factual truth. You don't think in your head if you if you believe that you're damaged goods or that you're too old to start over. If you say that in your head, you don't really contest it. You adopt it as truth. You go, "I am." I am damaged goods. Yeah. I I mean, yeah. I am. It is real for you. Curiosity is, again, the antithesis. It's the opposite. It's what's going, wait a minute. What's really here right now? What was under that statement? Where did that come from? Is that old time mom and dad shit? Mm -hmm. Is that historical data? Whoa, what's that emotion you just felt? If you can lean into curiosity... You will excavate your real truth so much better than if you just take everything for face value that goes off in your head. Right. It is, it is thoughtful. It's thought-provoking to lean into curiosity. Is that how you find that authentic voice by doing that? 
Yeah. It, like, it, how do you find the baseline for, like, how do you know it's your, what, what's the word you use? Um, authentic self. Authentic self. Burst. That's such a coachy jargon term. But it, again, it all comes back to resonance. It comes back to, oh. The feeling that comes it, with it. What is your emotional response to it? Got it. And what we're looking for is the truth you want to attach to versus the truth that you have made up. And typically the truth that we've made up is without without real conscious thought. So I'm not going to get into that super in-depth today, but we usually take something that we experienced, like let's say like your father, how horrible your father was to you when you were younger, and you make up subconsciously that that must mean I'm a liar, a cheater, and a thief because that's what dad says. So I must be this horrible kid. I must be this horrible human. That truth, I'm, I'm doing air quotes right now, gets created subconsciously. You don't, as a small kid, go, you know what I'm going to start believing? That I am worthless because that sounds like a really good idea. And I'm going to consciously decide that that's a good thing for me. Okay. We just go through it subconsciously. Now, when we can look at this stuff consciously, we can choose our truth instead of it just being adopted as such because it's what we've always thought. Do we have time for one more question? Sure. Okay, my question is, for instance, we'll, we'll go to the my example with my father. Okay. Like that became comfortable. Yep. That became like I, I, an identity. Yep. Right? I thought, oh, you know what? Lighter to your thief. Okay. Yep. I, but it was comfortable and it was normal. So it was like someone saying, oh, I'm damaged goods or I'm too old to start over. Those are all things that we get comfortable with. Yes. So how do you know... If it's just you getting comfortable, because that feels, I mean, it doesn't feel the best, but it's what you're used to, mm-hmm. right? So how do you distinguish? That That's a great question. And again, it is the overall impact of that attachment to that belief on your life. I'm guessing that you're not excelling at your career. You're not taking care of your health. You're not in amazing relationships. If that is the relationship you're having with yourself, it can be comfortable and still not work. Mm -hmm. For instance, you can be 300 pounds overweight and be comfortable as fuck chilling on your couch, eating your bonbons and still be miserable. Do you see what I'm saying? You can be miserable and comfortable. comfortable. What we're looking for is comfortably uncomfortable mm-hmm. and a lot more joy. Yeah. Stretching. A lot more optimism, okay. a lot more excitement and euphoria about your life. It is virtually impossible for you to accomplish everything that you want and feel fulfilled doing so if you're fueling yourself with negative thought processes like that. Got it. Does that answer your question? Yep, I'm hoping. Absolutely. Yeah, it does. That's great. I'm I really love that you bring this stuff up. I think it's incredibly helpful. Lean into that curiosity. Start asking yourself when you notice these new ways that your inner critic is showing up, don't just take it at face value that it's just true. And again, sometimes there's a gestation period where you don't realize it because it's slippery, it's sneakier. Sure. Yeah, yeah. When you are onto it, then go, whoa, where did that come from? What am I making up right now? What is my real truth that I do want to attach to consciously? Hmm. Not just subconscious truth, 
that's usually indicative of historical storytelling. I'm not going to get into all of that. But what is behind this emotion? That's something that I look at a lot if I'm feeling because I'm very visceral and there's usually something I'm feeling or emoting. Yeah, I'll look at like, whoa, what's this discomfort about? What What's this? What's underneath all of this? Anyway, I'm really hoping that this is helpful for you guys. Again, really noticing how your inner critic has changed for you, getting clear on that, doing an inventory, n- noticing any new triggers, keeping the idea in your the forefront of your mind that if your inner critic is chatty, that means you're onto something. Yeah. Develop new rebuttals that are powerful and potent and give you the, oh, yeah, sort of response. Incredibly important. Practice common, uh, commending yourself, complimenting yourself, and celebrating yourself every fucking day. And cultivate the idea of leaning into curiosity. Unpack what's happening for you. Look beneath the surface, beneath the data, beneath the emotion. What is happening underneath that? Hmm. Okay. Cool. That's a lot to think on. Anything you wanted to add? In I think I've added plenty. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it so very much. And again, if you want a deeper dive, even deeper dive, I highly encourage you to check out triple T conference.com and join us at the beach in October. I that mean, sounds amazing. especially if you live in a place that's cold as fuck, get to the it's beach time. in October, <laughs> you know, come For to sure. Cali and we'll munch on some tacos and, and it'll be awesome. All right. And you'll go back to wherever your cold place is and be all tan. Be all tan and fucking empowered. Yeah. All right. Transformed. And trans. More than meets the eye. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. All right, guys. We'll see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out. Out.